officially recording? Yes, it is. We are back. We are back. Number two. We were supposed to do it Sunday, but somebody didn't feel good. It was right. It was me. <laughs> you can probably tell my voice is a Not little, good. yeah, a little off. But I feel good. I feel, I feel all right. A little tired. You DJ too hard on Saturday night. Went way too hard. And uh, we know I had a 20-hour day last week. I was up for 20 hours. That's not good. No. No, it's not. But I did it. You did it. And I paid the price. So welcome back to Elevated Musings. Mm-hmm. Let's jump right into it. Yeah. Um, All right. So I was going to say topic number one is going to be simple. Something that I think that everybody should know mm-hmm. or be good at to some extent. I mean, there are people that aren't, but driving. It is not hard to drive. We all went to the damn same <laughs> driving school. Like, I mean, I mean not specific extent. school. We're all but following the same rules. Yeah, we get the same book, like, at least in the same state. You mm-hmm. know, every state's got different rules and different, you know, ways that they do their signs and their lights and their roads, whatever. But if you're from Michigan... We're supposed to probably be a better group of drivers given the fact that we drive in all four seasons. Right. I saw, okay, I don't know what it is, but uh, I saw a TikTok. This is going to be a tangent. Hold on just a second. I saw a TikTok of like a teenage boy and he was like, is it just me or did you think that driving was going to be a lot harder growing up than it actually was when you learned how to drive? Like you were sitting there watching your parents drive and and you're thinking to yourself like, oh, they're thinking so hard. Like systems all thrusters are go and this is valid no you just you step on the gas you steer the wheel it's simple and he was like basically poking fun at how easy driving is and it's honestly it's so true though because it's not rocket science Mm -mm. you just have to pay attention be courteous Mm -hmm. and not go outside the lines right like come on i mean I think about that that same exact point is that majority of your life you're in a car. Yeah. You're with your parents. You visually should be able to learn and pick up cues on how to drive appropriately. Mm-hmm. And yet a lot of people, not the same majority, but a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people still can't figure it out. Yeah. Now, again, everybody's different. With respect, everybody has a different approach to driving. People have nerves, people are worried about accidents, people think about different things. Confidence is key, I think, when you are driving. Mm-hmm. But my point today is we all know the laws and rules, basically, mm-hmm. that apply to the road. Mm-hmm. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because I do think that different states, if you travel around, you see that everybody has a different temperament with driving. If you sure. go to Chicago, you're never going to get let in unless yeah. you force yourself in. Mm-hmm. Well, is that a reflection? You're driving, is, is that a reflection of who you are? You know, I mean, and I'm not saying that Chicago people or Illinois people are arrogant because they're not. Not everybody is. But when you're on the road, this goes back into being kind. Like, I was watching this thing, and I'll go a side note, about guided meditation. Uh-huh. And it was talking about controlling your anger. When you go, and the example that they show is you driving your car, and somebody takes your spot. And you're like, oh. you know, first one, you're like, oh. you, get a little, you get a little testy. Yeah. Then you go to the second spot. Somebody grabs in there and takes that spot. And then you're even more angry. This comes down to having control and mastering your emotions. Mm-hmm. Instead of focusing in that moment on being angry to the fact that you did not get that spot, the way that they approached it was, why, did you, why can't you be happy for the person that did get it? So because they took it from me. No, no, that's a perception. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and again, it's, it's in those moments, it's so hard because I, like I said last episode, and I'll say many episodes, it's easier said than done. But in the heat of that moment, it's reflecting on the fact that, you know what? Maybe that person needed that spot more than I did. Mm-hmm. And I'll find a spot. Maybe it's not exactly where I want to be. But guess what? There are bigger fires that need to be put out in, in the world, in, the, in, in life. And my parking spot shouldn't be at that level of concern to control how I emotionally respond. Right. I should be able to respond in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Now, now one thing that does boil me a little bit, and I have been trying to work on this from that meditation. Now, this is, uh, and I'll shout out to Netflix for uh, Headspace to Guide a Meditation. That's what it is. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Like, I out. love it. Yeah. And it's, it's just really, it's really cool. I watch an episode. I try to watch an episode every night before I go to bed and every morning before I get up. Um, 
but that's where I learned that from. And it's very true, and I tried to be more conscious of that, but you know when you're stopped and you're at a four-way yeah. cross, and you know the, the, two, the two can take a left turn? Yes. What I don't like is that when I'm parked there, the light turns green for me, and I have the right away because I'm going straight across. I'm not turning. Yeah. I'm the straight across. And the ass across the street decides that they're going to whip out and go left and try to beat traffic. Yeah. That's, okay. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. That's they, illegal. They have a flashing yellow, and you have a green. They usually have a flashing red. Oh, yeah. Or like a flashing. Or, or, or they even have a green light, but yeah. they're just not. It, it's still illegal. You do not have the right of way. They're being, they're, they're being careless. That's exactly right. Rude and pushy. Exactly. And their time is suddenly more important than your time, and it's just, and it could make a huge mess. And they don't care. No. And you know what's funny? And again, this is kind of crazy, but sometimes I'll see that, like, it just shows how much of a lack of attention people pay to the road, and that's why we have accidents, and I'm not the perfect driver. But it's like, if I'm coming at you kind of fast, do not turn in front of me. No. Do not. No. Because I will speed up. Mm-hmm. I will. I like to put a little pressure on somebody. You're going to make that move. Car. If you want to make a move, yeah. If you want to <laughs> make that move, then you better be confident in that move, and you better get up some gas, because I'm not slowing down. Mm-hmm. I mean, eventually I'm not going to crash into them. But I'm gonna. I, they can tell when a car kicks back, especially like yeah. mine. I'm like, nope, you do not do that, because it's nonsense. Like, now again, the whole point of this is to be a good person. So is that really a good person on my end? Not really, and I have let those moments get to me. But I'm working on that on the road to reflect that some people just don't get it, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a good example. I think that not everybody is going to do everything the right way. I mean, not everybody's going to follow the law. Not everybody's going to follow the rules of the road. And you kind of have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. Because again, like last episode I mentioned, we are people that have to learn the hard way. At some point in time, that is going to catch up to them. Mm-hmm. They're going to turn, they're going to get smashed, and they're going to be like, oh, lesson learned. But until then, they might keep going and doing the things because there hasn't been ne- any negative repercussion for right. their actions. They're being, it's being positively reinfor- reinforced by the fact that Nothing bad through. has happened. Nothing bad has happened. And they're getting to their destination a split second faster or whatever. Like so. And so and again, I think it's consideration of the other drivers. Like, don't rush a turn that you're not even have the right of way on in the first place. Yeah. Like why are you even trying to mess with traffic? Like what if it's a semi truck that can't stop? Yeah. You're dead. Mm-hmm. You know, why even mess around with that? Or even if it's not a semi truck, you like you don't know if the person who's coming up towards you, you don't know if their brakes are working. Yeah. They might not even know if their brakes are working until they try and hit the brakes. Yes. Like, yeah. crazy things happen. Yeah. Like, you know, my brakes have gone out before. Yeah. It's not fun. No. I was able to coast up a hill to a stop, hit the emergency brake, pulled over, you know. Mm-hmm. So everybody was safe. It was fine. Yeah. But if you had pulled out in front of me when that happened, would have been done, you know? Like... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. And that's a good point. I mean, there's other circumstances, I'm sure, as we're talking, the listeners are, there's probably a circumstance in particular that just immediately comes to your mind that you're yeah. like, ah, I know what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. And we're on both ends. We're guilty on both sides. Because mm-hmm. I've made my mistakes, and, and you learn from them, and you try to be better. At least, I think, majority of people should. Um, but it's just one of those things, I think driving is a really good way to kind of show what somebody's about. Mm-hmm. Kind of shows who they are. You know, I'm the only person on the road, or I'm considerate of other drivers around me. Like, obviously, I want to get where I need to go in a certain time frame, but I and not that this makes it any better. I've taken defensive driving courses, though. Sure. So I know that certain situations, like if I have somebody that I don't really trust driving in front of me, I'm gonna work my way around them. Yeah. Because if I sit back and they cause an accident, I could fall into the accident and find the accident. So it's using, you know, your car, using your senses uh, in a way that puts you in a position to not fail, mm-hmm. but just get you ahead of the problem before it happens. I always, I always look at the condition of the cars, of the like if someone's driving really rec- recklessly and I see like their front bumper is hanging on up by a thread, I'm like, I am getting away from this car because they have caused accidents before. They're driving recklessly now. They're going to cause accidents again, and it's not going to be with me. Yeah, it's very true. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll be like, scoot, breaking scoot. Down, <laughs> breaking down the vehicles. <laughs> That's funny. Bye. Yeah. But it's fair, though. I mean, it's a, a good assessment with your, with your visuals to say, mm-hmm. okay, this person's obviously not really taking good care of their car since it looks like it was in an off-road 
you know, derby or something. And yeah, like, I don't know what's going on with your mirror hanging <laughs> and you've got your bumper held on with zip ties. I don't know what happened, but I don't want it to happen again. I don't want no part of that shit. <laughs> you can go. Bye-bye. Exactly. Exactly. So, I don't know. I guess for anybody that's, you know, anybody who drives and drives constantly, maybe just be conscious more of other drivers than just yourself. It's good to be conscious mm-hmm. of yourself and know, obviously, your surroundings and awareness. And I think that's part of like what we kind of talk about here is self-awareness. Yeah. There's a large amount of self-awareness needed on the road, mm-hmm. um, but it's also being conscious of other drivers and other people and just always try to, whether somebody cuts you off, give, and again, gives you the finger or honks or horn at you, remember, remember it's a reflection of maybe you made some mistake. Mm-hmm. Don't let it eat you up. Forgive yourself. Yeah. But also be conscious and, and learn the lesson so that next time you can avoid that. Yeah. I always feel like when I... Um, am driving like obviously you're thinking of the route of travel you're going to take but you also have to think everybody else on the road is only thinking of their route of travel Mm -hmm. so if you start to think of it from that perspective you're like okay so if nobody else is thinking of me I need to make sure I'm thinking of everybody else right so right that's a good point I like that so we'll basically take that and transition from I mean, we'll go into, we want to talk about high school relationships. Yeah. And the reason we bring up high school is because we've all, most of us have all been to high school. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where you get your driver's training. So, you know, I feel like there's a lot of things happening in that time. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of things happening there. So, you know, I think that I went to Okemos. Where'd you go? Traverse City West Senior High. Okay. Yep. So I was Okemos Chieftains over here around the corner. You're a little up further up north. but I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I don't think this is a topic many people have discussed more thoroughly, but I feel like every school tries to act like they're a little bit different, right? Mm-hmm. But in reality, they're all, the same. they're all the same. You know, you have different people, but you still have cliques, you have groups, you have, you know, you have your emo ch- kids, mm-hmm. you got your nerds, you mm-hmm. got your jocks, you got, you know, the people that are just your popular group, and then you have your group that wants to be friends with everybody. Yeah. Um, Personally, with my group in high school, we wanted to be that group that was friends to everybody. We were partially jocks because we all worked, we you know played sports, but we didn't want to, you know, we knew who the popular kids were and we knew who weren't as popular. But we mm-hmm. felt like we were a very lighthearted group. We loved to have fun and, and enjoy our time there. Sometimes we, you know, you make fun of people. I mean, it's part of the 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 whole thing in high school. I mean, I had my moments where I was made fun of too, and I think that. You know, I mean, you can even go into the bullying thing a bit if you want to talk about it. But um, I think that high school is a huge development phase of kind of figuring out who you are and who you want to be as a person. Where I think that once you figure kind of some of those things out, it transfers into college where you've kind of already figured out what you are. I mean, obviously, college is a whole other experience because you got more independence. You know, you've, high school's over. By senior year, most I feel like most kids that at least I've spoken to had a good senior year. You know, most of them did, they had a good time and you know, it's the last year in your school that you're stuck with the people you've been with for four years and you're done with the drama and mm-hmm. all this stuff. But there's a lot of good sides to that and there's a lot of bad sides to that sure. in high school. So I don't know, what was your experience like? Well, I guess it's, everything is about perception. So mm-hmm. you talk to anybody and like, everybody had like the popular people at school but who the popular people were is different at every is different to everybody sure you know so i kind of feel like the popular people in my school were in the band okay. but that is because i was in the like i was in the arts mm-hmm. of my school and i felt like the more popular people were the band people mm-hmm. but the rest of the school might be like, wow, the band people are such nerds. Like, you know, like, so since I was in the arts, it felt like the band kids were the popular ones. Okay. But the rest of the school that, like, were not involved yeah, may have had a different view on that. But That's a I, good way to put it. You know what I Interesting, mean? yeah. So I would go, like, if I could go back, there is so much that I would change about the way that I approached high school and not just, like, my, from a social standpoint, but from the classes that I took, from the extracurriculars that I was involved in, like, everything. Um, 
but it, it's, it's because I didn't know who I was and I wasn't surrounded with people that were helping me to grow into who I am. Okay. Like I am surrounded by those people now, you know? Do you think though, reflecting on that experience that maybe it wasn't meant to be a situation or time where you needed some people around you to help figure out who you were, it was your duty to figure out based on the circumstances that were existing at that time when you look back? Because you wouldn't be who you are now without those uh, circumstances yeah. being in that situation, right? And well, that's also like that's also a totally valid point. Like I could go back and change everything and totally end up just like a totally alternate timeline, <laughs> you know? Because there were um, there were I don't know what that sound that I just made was. There were times during my high school career when I thought I want to go to MSU. I want to go to school to be a veterinarian. Yeah. And that never ended up playing out, mm. but I still ended up here in East Lansing, mm -mm. met the love of my life, mm -hmm. found a passion for working out. Mm -hmm. Like, what if I had pursued that like idea of going to MSU to be a vet, would I still have these other things that I found here in East Lansing? You know what I mean? Only the universe knows. Only the Only universe. Only the universe in the quantum realm. And then, like, the weirdest <laughs> thing is just, like, running into... Do you remember when we were at brunch a couple weeks ago and Aaliyah came in? Yeah. And she's someone oh, yes. that I knew from high school. Yeah. And I had not seen her since high school. So, yeah. like, there's just, like, weird things like that. Like... Yeah. How... Like, everything seems random, but right. it also seems like it might be predestined. Because, they're, like, I was faced with these options earlier on that could have also led me to where I am sure but I opted out of those options and then I was faced with different options later on that also led me to where I am and then right. you know well two things I was going to add to what you just said is that I personally think life has made your your path is created by choices yeah and when you force things usually that's a hard path and it's mm -hmm. not going to get you to the results you want because you're not enjoying life and doing what the things that they necessarily want to do. So if you would have forced veterinary school or something like that mm -hmm. or MSU, you may have been miserable. You sure. know, And you might have been miserable long term. Now there's also the other option. You could have been very happy. But mm -hmm. I think that if you're forcing anything, nobody's happy. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, too, that I was going to emphasize a little bit on that I also think is this, again, this goes right into being a good person, I, I think. And, and being your best self is... You know, all the pressure that is put on a 16, 17, and 18-year-old to have all the damn answers. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like, Because one of the biggest things that I would change if I could go back is I would not go to university right out of high school. Because mm -hmm. I didn't even turn 18 until the day I moved into my freshman dorm at college. Right. So I was, I was basically, I was 17 when I was making all these choices for the rest of my life. Yeah when I had a perfectly good community college in my hometown where I could have been working, saving money on like, you know, living with yeah. my parents and mm -hmm. I could have like established a really good transition into adulthood. But instead I took the, I took the traditional route in going away to college mm -hmm. when I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up and I didn't have a plan and I went to a liberal arts college that mm -hmm. just like bumps out liberal arts degrees which are basically useless they're just a piece of paper that says you have higher education right. like they're not focused in anything right. um, and so, like, if I could go back and change that, that would be, like, the number one thing that I would change, and I would just go to community college. But, like you've said, you know, we learn lessons the hard way. And I had to learn the hard way that university life was not... Wasn't for you. Wasn't for me, because I'm not a traditional learner. Yeah. And I, I don't... Like, I'm smart, but I've always struggled with, um, like, homework assignments, getting mm -hmm. them done on time, like, prioritizing my day so that I can get things done it's like but I, I I'm a really good test taker and I know things yeah I just don't do my homework you know so yeah. like I'm not a traditional student in that sense you know yeah so you're expanding me a little bit mentally <laughs> in terms of approaching this conversation because I think that one I was going to ask you do you think society fails like you wonder why so many people are unemployed right now mm -hmm. well partially because of pandemic and you know, benefits and everything else. I mean, there's a ton of different variables that play a role in that. Yeah. But long term, when we look at the way that our society has been set up, 
we put so much pressure on people to feel like they should know what they're doing by the time they graduate high school. I mean, I hated getting asked that question. My answer became simple. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I haven't done it yet. Yeah. How am I supposed to know what I love just because something might interest me? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that interest me, mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that I'm going to fall in love with it and I shouldn't be pressured or forced or have this societal norm to think that everybody's got it figured out when everybody sitting here has no idea. Mm-hmm. So. And- I think they need to put more like shop classes back in high mm-hmm. schools because they they need to stop emphasizing college and go back to not emphasizing the trades, but they need to like offer trade school yeah. as an as a viable option so that people don't feel like oh my parents are going to be so disappointed if I decide to become a plumber, but I love the yeah, do what you I, love. I love the way like knowing the way that things work and you know I like to take things apart and put things back together, but my parents will be so disappointed if I become Who a mechanic. gives a damn what they think? Like, you know? You know, it, and, yeah. It's partly like they're thinking my parents will dis- be disappointed. Um, they're thinking, is this really going to be like a lucrative career path for me? Am I, Or am I going to be living paycheck to paycheck for the rest of my life? Or am I going to have to get a second job? Like, well, is my life going to suck because I decided to become a mechanic instead of going to college and becoming a lawyer like my dad is or something, you know? And I think that you make a good point there and bring up a good topic in terms of, again, with parents, like, it's great to have and want success for your kids, but at the end of the day, true happiness comes from what they're doing. Mm -hmm. If they're doing what they love, they will be much, and they're not making all the big bucks or whatever. I mean, again, there are people that want to make a lot of money and there are people that that don't. Yeah. That's okay. That's completely fine. If If they are satisfied and comfortable with their life, and comfortable I use loosely, but happy with what they are doing and it's just getting them by. But every time they get up and go to work, they get look, they look forward to what they're doing. They're winning. Yeah, absolutely. They're winning more than sometimes the people that are making a lot of money that hate what they're doing. Well, you like, uh, my boyfriend sometimes talks about how people that like are set with working the nine to five every day for the rest of their life until mm-hmm. they retire. It's mm-hmm. like, so boring like how could you how could you be satisfied with that kind of life but some people genuinely are happy to be cogs in the machine mm-hmm. and the fact of the matter is the machine does need cogs i was gonna say you we know? need people to do that though. you know like yeah. you can't just you can't just outcast one specific job position because no. every job is necessary for our society agreed I think it becomes a problem though when people are in a position in the cog mm-hmm. and they complain about other people's success that do really well. Mm-hmm. Well, are you truly happy with what you're doing or not? Yeah. Because if anything, being a good person to me is being happy for anybody that's succeeding in their own way. Yeah. So if somebody's doing better and making more money but they're, they're making more money in a level or successful in the ways that you want but you haven't decided to step out of that nine to five because you like that nine to five, yeah. quit your bitching. Honestly. I'm sorry. Just stop complaining about what you wish you had because you made your choices. And not that you couldn't change it now, but it's like the one thing I just get really frustrated about are people who do really well and succeed financially and do what they're doing and enjoy what they're doing. Obviously, when you get to a level of you know, these billionaires, there's a lot of headaches. There's a lot of things you're dealing with that, are, that people think that they can handle that have no idea because they've never been at that caliber before. Mm-hmm. But there are people that are built to do that, and there are people that are built to not. And it's just, can we find the, the balance in being happy for each other no matter what it is that we're doing? We're all contributing in society. The problem, though, is that I think people think that they're contributing less by working that 9 to 5 sometimes than the person who's out, you know, doing multiple things, making, you know, a larger income. You're just as important as a cog in the wheel as anybody else out there doing anything else. Your impact might be even more impactful because if we remove you, you that's the thing we don't think about is, what if I'm not in this position? Mm-hmm. You know, and there's and there's and those not things. just you. Every single one of your coworkers that works adjacent to you, right? Like, get rid of your job, right? Not just get rid of you, because if you say, oh, if you, if you just stopped working, your company's going to replace you, right? But if you just got rid of everybody that yeah. does your job, something's going to fall apart. Exactly, and so we kind of have to think a little bit more hindsight and adding to society setting us up for failure. I think that they put too much pressure on kids that have all the answers. Kids, mind you. I mean, you're 18, you can finally vote. You know, I mean, give them a break. Yeah. You know? I mean, at one point, 18-year-olds could smoke and drink, and they took that away. Yeah. So, I mean, 18 obviously isn't the age to have all the answers. And you literally have an idea. I mean, your brain's not fully developed until you're 25. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I don't understand why there's so much pressure. And then the other thing too that we, if you think about schools, you get punished for failing. Yeah. So instead of using it as an opportunity to learn, exactly. you just you get your scholarship revoked or you get put on probation or you know yeah, like, you don't do well on the test, you fail. Yeah. And you and you don't get to make up for it. You don't yeah. get to make you know corrections. You just got to learn. Well, this is failure. It's like, and that's what I think drives people that get out of they get into college and you know everybody wants to be perfect. That's that whole thing of like, and that's where that ego comes in. That's where that whole idea of like I make no mistakes and all this nonsense of like people you know holding their nose real high that entitlement that we talk about it's because we're training people to think that they do no wrong yeah and that and that failure isn't an option and so there's only one thing you can do is succeed the most successful people in this world have failed more times than they succeeded mm -hmm. it took you know who was it that I was thinking of I was like uh, it was either Sam Walmart or the KFC chicken guy he didn't become a billionaire until he was like 87 oh, or, sure. or, or 88. And he did, he failed at thousands of different things. Mm -hmm. And he just hit it one time, the right one. And it was with Kentucky Fried Chicken and it took off. And before, within like a five year period, he expanded into like 200 locations as a franchise mm -hmm. set. You know, and at the, again, I, I bring up money. I am. I, I like money. I'm. I, I think you do too. Like I'm motivated by success and the level yeah. of of, uh, of income because I want to be able to do what I want when I want with who I want, where I want, when I want. Yeah. You know. So, money does that, and I'm willing to work the extents of time to attain that. But again, saying that, I don't want somebody else to feel demotivated about their themselves saying, "Well, I won't do those things." That's okay. You should not have to if you don't want to. Don't because maybe doing those things won't make you happy. For me, I find a thrill in being productive. I find a thrill. I my little excitement comes from closing deals. Sure. You know, making things happen, scaling business. Mm -hmm. Those are things that I think that are really awesome. And so, if somebody's not doing the same thing or at that caliber, they shouldn't feel less of a person or that they're less contributing to their society because that's not the case at all. And it goes back to what you said originally in, in this conversation: is it's perspective. Yeah. I mean, high school in itself is perspective. Yeah. And in the midst of it all, you know, we hear our stories. Our parents try to give us insight and all that, but we still got to figure out a lot of stuff in high school. We got to experience the good and the bad. You know, we got to experience getting bullied and, and talked to a certain way or heart, you know, heartbreaks and relationships and your first kiss if you didn't get it in middle school, you know, and all that other stuff. Like, you know, maybe some sex, you know, who knows? Ooh, <laughs> maybe a little bit of drinking, you know, who knows? But I mean, those are all things that are part of growing up, whether we want to admit it is a society or not, whether we have laws in place or not, not the laws are meant to be broken, but that's what high school really, I think, is, and I think that sometimes, just as a society, we put so much pressure. It's not good as a human being to put pressure on kids as a parent, as a teacher, as whatever, to be something that maybe they don't want to be, and yeah. you see movies about it, you see shows, you see... You know, what was I, I was just watching Space Jam. I didn't watch the whole thing, but yeah, I saw it, a little bit of it. Did yeah, you see it? Yeah. Well, okay. let's not spoil it. Let's use a different example. Okay. Okay. All <laughs> right. Well, you're going to be able to tie it together anyway, so I was going to say the whole thing. <laughs> the, the teen Disney movie format of, I'm not giving up my dream mom, I'm giving up yours. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think that because we're talking about that stuff now... When we're adults, uh, or, or further in our adulthood with kids... We're not adults? Well, sometimes I still feel like a kid. <laughs> um, but further in our adulthood, when we have kids, we need to remind ourselves that, like, look, I don't care if my son wants to be a plumber or whatever. He better be the best damn plumber, though, that he can be. Yeah. You know, he or she, whoever, I don't care what you do. Yeah. Just do it, be the best at it, and work hard at it. And mm -hmm. if you want to do multiple things, too, like I'm doing, I will help get you there and, yeah. and teach you how to do those things the best of my ability and I'll probably put you with some other people that know the stuff better than myself yep so I think that that's something that's big and to take into consideration is just letting go on the gas a little bit you know being considered and again that goes right into being a good human being is that just because you want something doesn't mean everybody else does right and it's all about perception because you could want to be the next Jeff Bezos mm -hmm. but it's okay that your friend just wants to work for Amazon correct 100% that should be okay that was a great analogy. I'm so proud of myself. That's very nice. It made it, it just flowed. It just hit the nail on the um, head. The head. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, another topic, too, that I want to get into, just because we're kind of talking about high school. Um, and I. <laughs> Building relationships with people is 
like crucial in high school. Yeah, it's like the most important. Like it, at the time, it seems like the most important thing. Yep, is building relationships with people and being friends with the right people, and you know, like trying to out. Like if somebody else is trying to be friends with the same person, you yeah. want to be a better friend than that. Yeah. Person. You know, like it's yeah, all about building yeah. relationships. Yeah. You know? But what with you, with that point though, you make it. You know, that's what's going to help me transition to where I'm going to go with this. Is that there is such an importance to building those relationships because I think that like in high school, that's probably when you have the most friends. Yes. And your absolutely. group, and with time, your group gets smaller. Or I think personally, again, perception should become smaller mm-hmm. because. You are a byproduct of who you surround yourself with. And if you surround yourself with too many people, I don't know how you develop. I don't know what direction you go. So you, you find people that are like-minded like you eventually down the road in college. You find some of those friends, some in high school, some in middle school. They still kind of like your lifelong friends, hopefully. And, then, you know, by the time you're adulting, you know, you have your core four or five friends that are like, you know, these are my ride or dies. Uh-huh. But when you're in high school, and this is something that has become new to me, is the whole concept of ghosting people. Yeah not a fan no. and and every time I you know hear or see ghosting I'm seeing it at my level now yeah you know even you know being a single man and just having trying to not necessarily look for anything in particular mm-hmm. but creating relationships with folks that you know and women that I feel bring some value to the table and also something that I can bring value to them I I think it's extraordinarily disrespectful to just go with somebody. Sure. Like, you think that you're that fucking cool? <laughs> that you can just just stop talking to somebody? Mm-hmm. I think it's it's obviously a reflection of that person versus yourself. Now, again, I've, with it happening to me, I've evaluated it differently. At first, it did upset me. Mm-hmm. I do think it's still disrespectful, but I evaluate it differently now where if somebody decides to ghost me, it's a reflection of them, not me, and they don't deserve my time. Sure. And that's, and that's not being cocky, that's being confident in who I am. But if you are ghosting me, you're doing it for some reason. Yeah. It's either that I make you feel uncomfortable to a level that you either can't match my energy or you know, maybe you have an interest someplace else that, isn't, that you didn't communicate with me, which again is a reflection of you. I mean, communication's key in any relationship, but again, in high school, that can be really, like, that can tear people apart, especially yeah. when you're passing each other in the hallways all the time. And, some, and I had, I remember things like that kind of happening where people just act like they didn't know you. Yeah. We didn't necessarily get ghosted on, like, social media and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But I remember there were times in high school where somebody would just act like I didn't exist. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I call the people out. I mean, I'm different than most. I will just go walk up to people and be like, oh, hey, did you forget who I am? Hi, we were talking yesterday or two days ago. Did you just somehow drop my phone number? And people, I mean, that's me though, because I love confrontation. I don't, it yeah. doesn't bother me. Yeah. I think it's fun. I think you can make it fun and you can kind of tear people's walls down. It can be, it can go good or it can go bad. But if you put me in a position where I even get to that point, mm-hmm. there's a reason that I'm coming with that, with that at you. But I'm not confrontational at all, but one of my very first boyfriends, I was in, I think I was in like eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> he and I dated through the summer. So we like talked on the phone not every day, but a lot of days. Mm-hmm. And then when school started back up, and like we even got together a couple times in the summer, like we went to the drive-in movie theater and blah, 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 like we went to the actual movie theater because that's really all there is to do in Traverse City is go to the movies. Um, <laughs> so we went to the movies a couple times and then when school started back up, a few weeks into school, he just stopped answering the phone when I called mm-hmm. and we didn't have any classes together either. Yeah. And then one of my friends, like I never knew where he was because there were three different lunch rooms, so I could never find him at lunch. Mm-hmm. One of my friends found him and saw him and like asked him. And I guess he said, Emily and I were never even dating. So like I got I got like worse than ghosted. You got he, crushed. I did. That is crushing. <laughs> especially when you're in that eighth grade, your emotions are different. Oh, the the yes. That was a rough week. I mean, it was a very rough week. That's, and again, I know you're not going to change high school at all with conversation. Just and, and, you know, they try their best to just do the best they can to give high school students the best of everything, uh-huh. you know, because you are experiencing so much all at once. Not only are you doing school, you're dealing with your parents, they're already sick of you because you're growing up and they want to argue with you about everything. And even they want to tell you all their knowledge. And as a kid, you don't want to listen to it from them. 
you know, so you have your back and forth. I mean, there's are good times too, but like, then you're playing sports. If you're playing sports, you know, you're staying active. You know, then you're trying to maintain your friendships, and then you're trying to go in relationships, and then you're trying to go on to da- go to the dances at the school yeah. hosts and all this other stuff. And then you're, you know, you get introduced, like I said earlier, to like drugs or alcohol or sex or something like that. You know, that's, you know, the things that just they pique our curiosity at that age because we find out what it is. I mean, yeah. we've kind of already known, but it's like, oh, this is kind There's of There's a where... difference between knowing something and experiencing something. Yeah, hundred percent. Good point. Agreed. <laughs> that sounded like a fortune cookie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would keep that fortune cookie if it was. Yeah, that's a I special one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should maybe have a new uh, business to get into. Actually, I did read the other day. This is totally random. I think like fortune cookie writers make like eighty thousand a year. That's a joke. <laughs> I wonder how many they have to write a day. I don't know. What but if I, I just wrote the same one and then like put it in a bunch of different fortune cookies and just distribute them to different places? Ooh. Everybody's just getting the same shit. I'm just gonna make eighty thousand dollars this year by saying there's a difference between <laughs> knowing something and experiencing something and putting it on a little inch strip of paper. Pay me. Hey, me. Okay, that was a little bit too far. Okay. No, not at all. I think that made perfect sense. Too far off. Um, but yeah, so ghosting, basically, dating culture right now. Like, yeah. I think the whole situation with dating culture, it's a very, very toxic environment for mm-hmm. everybody involved. Yeah. Um, because, like, anytime that I've ever had a Tinder, it was a very low point in my life. Mm-hmm. And I was really just on Tinder or I had Bumble for like half a day. Um, I was really only on dating apps Mm -hmm. for validation as a last resort. Mm -hmm. I lacked self-esteem and I needed that. Mm -hmm. So um, I really think that there's too much of that on dating apps. So you're not focusing on building meaningful relationships. You're focusing on like receiving validation for yourself it's really good and point. it's on both sides it's women and men it's a really good point um it, well men are partly there for validation and partly there because it's cool to hook up with as many girls as you can mm-hmm. except it's not right no, <laughs> I, I agree with you i think that that's a very valid point and i've never really looked at well i guess i kind of have but i really haven't looked at it for strictly validation purposes mm-hmm. but i think that that is fair and I I'm, agree with you. I'm not going to shit on it entirely because I did meet Chris on Tinder, mm-hmm. but I was, as soon as I like met up with him, I was like, I can't, I like this boy. Mm-hmm. I can't even think about contributing to like conversations and flirting with other people yeah. that I don't even know. Yeah. I've met this boy in person. I'm not going to tell him that I'm not talking to anybody else because that's going to scare him away. Right. But, which sucks. Well, like you should be able, you should be able to feel comfortable expressing your feelings to somebody mm-hmm. without being afraid that it's going to scare them away because right. feelings are a bad thing. Well, I think that there, you know, let's take that a little bit further too. Um, and with dating culture, we'll, we'll come back and kind of touch mm-hmm. on that. But I think that um, sometimes too much can be can come too early. Sure. And I think that communication, I will say it, we both will say it multiple times for our podcast, communication is key. Absolutely. But I think that sometimes right up front, you know, you got to get a feel for everybody. You know, not that, you know, you can usually feel a connection pretty quick with somebody. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, maybe you really vibe well with them, and that's great. I think sometimes, though, there's a mistake taken where some things too early are put on the table, mm-hmm. and it almost puts pressure on one person or the other to think that there's this is going a specific direction that maybe they don't have the intention of going. Sure. And that's well, everybody's going to be different though because right. what I think what I think it's like the perfect time for you might say oh it's too early for that. Right. And so if you're building a like a meaningful relationship with somebody, mm-hmm. you should be allowed to express your feelings to them mm-hmm. and they reciprocate by saying it's too early for me to be ex- like. Right. It's too early for me. Right. I'm, thank you for telling me this. Mm-hmm. It's too early for me to express myself in the same way. So, but if, people don't do that. No, they don't. And they, they're and, like, and oh. if and if they do, part of the problem is that the response sometimes because it's not the answer that they expect yeah. or want to hear, mm-hmm. they get upset about it. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. You you really I mean you you have every right to feel the way you feel. I always tell people that. But if you don't bring any logic into it and think that maybe it's like, maybe I should have some consideration, which I think is a thought mm-hmm. about somebody else, you're only thinking about yourself and how you feel. Yeah. And that's where I think, you know, again, not only dating culture now, I think with everything, 
we are such an emotional people that every decision or the most decisions we make or things we do is based on emotion. Yeah. That's not the way it should be necessarily because we have, you know, I believe spirit, heart, mind, you know, I think that the emotional aspect is initially your response. When you, when something, when you think about the order of something happening, let's say like a car explodes in front of you. Sure. Okay. Heart races first, right? Mm -hmm. You get like maybe your adrenaline pumps, your hair raises up. You have an emotional response of like, oh, what, what is that? Then it takes the logic to kick in, to, to settle the emotion down and say, okay, well, let's assess the situation. What are we going to do about this? You know, it's like, think about a paramedic. Paramedics are, are, if they strictly went on emotion, we would not have a successful paramedic yeah. at all. Oh my God, this guy's leg is broken in half. Like, yeah. Ah. Well, I've, I've been a first responder because I was a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, the, the only time that I had to do CPR on somebody that was actually unconscious, like turning blue. Yeah. Worst, like scariest feeling ever, but mm-hmm. you have to remain calm. Correct. Like the entire time. And it's and not and like the capacity that I was in, I was the manager of the water park, so I was leading a group of lifeguards in administering care while I'm also on the phone with nine one one dispatch. So yeah. it's it's remaining calm, it's multitasking, it is saving your emotions for fucking later. Exactly. Because it is not the time right now. And that's and and I know that that's more of an extreme example. Mm-hmm. Uh, you bring paramedics into it, but you got to think about it too. Those people are in that situation constantly. Yes. Whether it's people burned in a fire, mm-hmm. people getting severed, you know, limbs, having heart attacks, you know, getting electrocuted, whatever it is, they have to remain calm, mm-hmm. and they continue to do. There's paramedics have been paramedics for years. Yes. And it's not because you know some people say well they, they like what they do. No, it's it's partially because they're good, they're good at what they do. They're, and they're good need. at saving their emotions for later. Correct. And I know for a fact they do save their emotions from later. Mm-hmm. For later, they're not emotionless. Yeah. Because I worked in shortly after I was a lifeguard, I worked in the emergency room yeah. doing patient registration, and we would see, you know, major traumas coming in. Mm-hmm. And the one that sticks out the most in my mind is the man that shot himself in the head. And his girlfriend was sitting in the car seat right oh, next man. to him. So he was in the driver's seat. His girlfriend yeah. was in the passenger seat. Yeah. So he came in on a gurney. She came in in the next gurney completely fine. But literally, like, I cannot convey to you the sound that she was emitting yeah. in screams. She, oh, yeah. I have no idea. She never even stopped to breathe. Horrific. Yeah. Absolutely horrifying. And the paramedics are talking to her calmly, you know, like, we're going to take care of him. We're going to do everything that we can. I'm getting like, oh, yeah. uh, I'm getting emotional right now. So like they're trying to talk to her calmly. And so they get her into a separate room and the doctors and nurses are working on the boyfriend mm-hmm. and the um, paramedics finish giving report to the, the charge nurses and everything. And then the paramedics, I just see them all sitting in the ambulance bay, and they're, like, leaning against the wall. Some of them are crying. It was, uh, I can't, yeah. I can't talk about it anymore. Well, and the, and the, <laughs> you know, and the like, reason I use such an extreme example, and thanks for emphasi- uh, uh, emphasizing further about that, is that if they can do it mm-hmm. with major things like that, oh, yeah. why can't you, as a listener, whoever you are, you know, listening, and just people in general, do it in circumstances that are not as extreme sure it shouldn't be that difficult and and part of it is the inner work we talk about part of it is being Mm -hmm. self-aware but if you hear something from a significant other that you don't necessarily agree with your response can either escalate the situation or can make it be consistent and and calm cool and collected Mm -hmm. and usually the discussions that are end up in arguments are over really personally I say this I mean this is again opinion they're over really petty things Mm -hmm. they're over things that you shouldn't be arguing about because you're talking about how you feel about each other and if somebody just isn't on the same page yet obviously they're still there for you sure because you wouldn't be having that conversation in the first place if they weren't it just means that they might not be there yet and they're working on getting there you know, and it takes time. Everybody moves at a different pace. Personally, I've made the mistake of rushing relationships in the past. Sure. You get too far too fast. You get in that, you know, uh, romantic phase or that, um, it's not romantic. What is the, the honeymoon, the honeymoon phase? phase where you yeah. just, and that's commonly where you start out and you just get so excited and you think all these positive things, but you know, you haven't 
seen the shit before. Everybody carries their own baggage. Yeah. You know, everybody came from a family. Mm-hmm. We all have nonsense that we have to deal with. It's how well has that person dealt with that nonsense? Because if I'm going to bring my best self to another person, the person that's for me out there is going to be somebody who's also dealt with their past and handled their business mm-hmm. and is going to come at me uh, the same level that I bring mine. And I think that, you know, again, you, you hear this and see this all the time, but relationships, you know, some people, you know, call it a split. I think it's 100-100. You know, I think that, you know, there's a level 50-50, but I think 100-100 is you're both doing your best for each other, you're both considerate, and you're complimenting each other's lives instead of taking away from it. Absolutely. Now, that doesn't come, that doesn't mean it doesn't come with adversity, because good, healthy relationships have adversity. Yes. Because you're a team. Yes. Think about any team, if you want to relate it to teamwork, think about any class project, think about any sports event, think about a variety of different things where the team is either lost, and, and it goes back into my high school comment, where society says failure is not good. Failing and sometimes in a relationship is good because it creates a bigger bloom of positivity where you find more success. If you can get through adversity and the tough times together as a unit, mm-hmm. you can take on anything. Yeah. No, nothing should be able to stop you. But it starts with communication, mm-hmm. it starts with understanding, and, under, and, and saying that like, and expressing how you feel, but expressing it in a way that isn't gonna make that person feel either belittled or make them feel like they need to rush their emotions further. Sure. You know, the pressure. I just think that you see in movies or like sitcoms or whatever where they're in a, there's two people and they're in a relationship and one person says, I love you, whether it's accidentally, like spur of the moment, or just like in general, and the other person is like, oh, oh, thank you. And then the first person is all offended because they didn't say I love you back. Right. But you just surprised them with this grand like proclamation mm-hmm. you need to allow them time to process their emotions yeah you need to like first of all okay two different two different points of view like part of me feels like just say i love you back like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be that serious because whether you whether you are like actually in love with want to marry them or not mm-hmm. you do enjoy spending time with them do you not correct yeah. you say you may well i say i love you to my friends mm-hmm. i do too exactly so do you think there could be a misconception in what type of love though because those are different various oh, of love are there like five different types yeah. of love yeah. yeah so i just think that there's and maybe the way that movies portray it is to <laughs> blame my mind just went to a different place i love you too but just not the same way you love me Oh, it's <laughs> no. literally <laughs> no. Don't say that. No, no, I know. But I started, <laughs> my mind's like, I have some love for you, but it ain't the same. But I, like, <laughs> I partly feel like the reason for this like drama and people like not wanting to rush into it like that is because of the way that movies portray it like that. Yeah. Where if you are will, like, if you're walking a path together, mm-hmm. it's okay if someone's a few steps ahead of you. Yeah. You're still walking in the same direction. Correct. You know, it's a good way so to put that. It's a good way to visualize. I am on a roll with these analogies you are. today. These analogies are fire. <laughs> you know, so I just feel like if you feel like if you feel comfortable expressing your emotions to somebody, yeah, then express them. Yeah, but make sure that that person is like emotionally prepared to listen to them mm-hmm. um, and give them a chance to process their own emotions because yeah. they you could be telling them something that they you know hadn't even considered but now that you mentioned it it's at the back of their brain huh you know that actually doesn't sound too bad i'm not just talking about romantic relationships like yeah friendships like business relationships like you could have a business partner and you say to them hey i really think it's time we like start opening up a franchise but you're sitting here doing the books every day and you're just seeing you know you're you're just like oh well what else you're doing the books every day, you're seeing it stagnant, and you're like, I don't know what else we can do, and your friend comes to you, I think we should franchise. And you're like, oh no, that's crazy, we haven't seen growth in this long, well like, how are we gonna succeed in a franchise? Right. But like, maybe franchising is what you need to do to grow, and you needed that suggestion to put it in your brain to see the numbers differently, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's just taking it into consideration and being thoughtful of the idea. Because mm-hmm. if you just shoot the idea down, it's like, well, if you don't even give anything a chance at all, mm-hmm. then how have you gotten where you are in the first place? Exactly. So, and again, I wanted to emphasize a little bit more before we change into our other topic, but 
one thing too in relationships, and this is of all types, is that I don't like when people have um, this, and I've been in this before, it's like the whole, why did you tell me sooner? Mm-hmm. Why didn't you bring this up? While you're talking about it now. So if you're communicating it now, but you get complained to about not bringing it up, it's like, oh, I didn't know it was your time o'clock. I didn't know it was, you know, Emily yeah. o'clock. You know, I didn't realize that I was living my life on your terms at all times. Mm-hmm. What if we took in consideration the time that it takes to even come up with the way to verbalize the way we want to approach the situation in, in a structural way? Yeah. That is never considered. It's like, well, why are you telling me now? And it's Especially like, if it's something that's more difficult to communicate. Correct. And you want to be respectful. And again, what if that time that you, if you would have done it in the time that that person wanted you to say it, it would have came off very disrespectful mm-hmm. or maybe rude or you didn't get time to think about the correct verbiage or words you'd like to use to approach the situation. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really shitty thing to guilt somebody into having a discussion. Now, there's certain circumstances that are like, okay, like example, cheating on somebody. Sure. Yeah, you should probably bring something up way before. Like if you had a, a affair or whatever, it's you should probably bring it up pretty soon. You shouldn't wait a year later and be like, oh, I, don't know, I didn't yeah. know what I was going to say. Yeah. That's dumb. I never under- okay, that- tangent, I never understand why people ruin their relationships. After, like if they had an affair, like a one-time thing, and they kept it a secret for a year, why are they going to bring it up on their mom's birthday? Like, yeah, oh, God, you know. <laughs> Like ruin, like... Well, it'll, it'll balance out. Everybody's really hype, and this is really bad, but yeah. we'll find the... Yeah. It'll be, like, if okay. You've, if, you've, <laughs> if you've kept it a secret that long, that is your cross to bear yeah, you're for dead. the rest of your life. You are like, out. There's no good time to bring it up now. Well, the fact, you, the fact you even do that is the is the, the bad part. But yeah. it's there are other situations that if you you know don't know how, how you're feeling... Again, we talk about emotions. If you're not sure where you are feeling-wise, and you haven't discussed it yet, but you eventually do... You're having the conversation now. Mm-hmm. That's all that should matter. Yeah. You know, it's don't make somebody, why didn't you tell me sooner? And it's mm-hmm. like, I, I didn't have all the answers yet. I didn't have everything figured out yet. Yeah. And that, that should be okay. And that's for any, that's for female and male. Mm-hmm. So, and I've had that happen to me a few times in relationships where I'm like, so it becomes about the time that I tell you versus the subject matter of what I'm talking to you about. Yeah. And it's like the subject matter and the fact that we're talking about it now is more important than the fact that I didn't tell you a week ago mm-hmm. or a couple of days ago because mm-hmm. you thought it would be necessary then. What would be the difference? Mm-hmm. There would be no difference. Your response is probably going to be the same. Why didn't you tell me sooner? Yeah. Well, this well, is. Well, I literally told it as soon as it popped into my yeah, head. So well, how much sooner do you want? Yeah. Like, well, it's as soon. How about as you it... tell me next? Time? Yeah. 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 <laughs> how about you tell me about my thoughts next time and then we'll talk about it? Yeah. 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 I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. So I, 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 you know, being a good person, I think that it's important to approach those situations with more cognizance of the other person and, and don't have expectations that, well, they should tell you something a certain way at a certain time uh, in terms of when you want to um, have something explained or talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, be conscious of the fact that just because it wasn't spoken about in the time that you wanted to, that it doesn't mean it's not the inappropriate time to have the conversation. That makes a lot of sense. So, let's see. Going off the paramedic, <laughs> I'll take that and, and, and working because they're just going to make it correlate and work. I think the last thing that we want to talk about today is, you know, and this really is going to intertwine being what a good person is to me, and I think. Like, first thing is is that we live in a great country. I yeah. don't, I don't if, if anybody refutes that, look, nobody's ever done it right 100%. Mm-hmm. Okay, and if they did, they wouldn't be here on earth. Mm-hmm. So... But I think we've done it pretty good. And I think that where we are uh, and where we have been, we are in a much better place and we're still working towards being better. But I think that like the big topic that you know is gonna be the finish line here um, is vaccines. You know, I know it's a very touchy subject and I know everybody's got an opinion about it. And I'm sitting here with uh, a- <laughs> He's sitting here breathing the same air as me yeah congested a little bit but you know it's one of those things that we look at you know i'll make it i'll make it a few points and because i think overall being a good person is who gives a damn what everybody else wants to do yeah okay just because you believe something mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's right mm-hmm. okay it's that simple and that goes with anything that doesn't just go with a vaccine that goes like i mean think about a movie was, some people love a movie that mm-hmm. other people don't mm-hmm. it's okay there are tons of movies that have like terrible Rotten Tomato scores that mm-hmm. I'm like, 
this is actually one of my favorites. Like, exactly. come on. Exactly. And we and we differentiate, you know, and people say, well, that's not comparing apples to apples. Well, it's comparing situation to situation that if we mm-hmm. can have an opinion about something and still be friends about a movie, the same thing should apply to a vaccine. Yeah. All right. Now we're, you know, we've had this pandemic, you know, more information's coming out and I'm not going to get political with it. But the simplicity of being a good person is that just because somebody does or doesn't get a vaccine doesn't mean that you should treat them like lesser of a person. Sure. I don't care what your point of view is. Mm-hmm. That's your own point of view. I, that's simply that. I have very, very close people in my circle who have gotten the vaccine mm-hmm. and they have their reasons. And mm-hmm. I have very, very close people in my circle who refuse to get the vaccine and they also have their reasons. And I respect both of their right. reasons. Right. And that's... I shouldn't be shunned or anybody else shouldn't be shunned because they have or have not gotten it. Sure. It's just that simple. Like you that's and that's the beauty about living in America is that you get to make that choice. Yes. I don't care what science says and I don't care mm-hmm. what logic says or what anybody else says. There's a handful of doctors that disagree with the vaccine. Mm-hmm. There's a handful of doctors that agree with it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, you can delve much further into that and ask more questions and find out answers as to why they believe what they believe. But most of the country doesn't do that. Yeah. You know, they just choose a side and be like, all right, I'm with this group. Well, you made a good point earlier. You said something that if you have a vaccine and somebody doesn't, you're protected. Yeah. What are you worried about? Yeah, why are you worried if the person next to you is vaccinated if you are vaccinated? Right. I mean, vaccinations are supposed to work in just that way. They're supposed to protect you um, from getting the illness or whatever it develops into. And it's not supposed to be 100% vaccination. It's supposed to be enough vaccinated people to create herd immunity. Correct. Because you actually do have to have some of the virus in the community in order to maintain immunity. Correct. Because people fighting the virus, people that are sick with it and living from it are what we need. Well, and the other thing too is that if you look at the evolution of human beings, like medicine's been around for years. And if anybody sits here and says... The pharmaceutical industry isn't a monopoly or business. I don't know what you're, where, what hole you've been living under, and that's not necessarily opinion. But think about it. Yeah. I mean, when you go to a doctor and you look at, you look at, the history of America, we are not a preventative action type of country. We like to wait until there's a problem and then we want to fix it with band aids, which is like medication. Yeah. I say that because I watch my own parents pass away from multiple medications my dad was on 18 different medications and you're going to tell me that none of them cross over or affected each other they exactly did Mm -hmm. and the doctor when he died told me that he said this is she said excuse me she said you have him taking all these different medications and one's canceling out other like he had a blood thinner pill but he had another one that was raising the cholesterol in his blood Mm -hmm. he had another one that was just um, affecting his heart but was supporting his lungs but it's like his heart's the problem so it's like so basically, like, you take one medicine, and that medicine makes you constipated, so you take another medicine to help, you know, move things along, and that gives you heart palpitations, so you take another medicine to heart get, palpitations. get rid of the heart palpitations, and it gives you a headache, so you take another medication mm-hmm. to get, you know, it's just, it's a cycle, right. and, and it's never going to be perfect until we start addressing the cause of illness. Exactly. And so for me, you know, the, the whole intertwining into being a good person is simply, do not give people a hard time because they made the choice that they made. Especially when it comes to their medical history, because you have zero notion, nor do you have any right to knowledge of what somebody else is going to their doctor for or is talking to their doctor about. Correct. Everybody thinks that it's just all simple. I mean, I know patients and people that are close to me that were actually advised not to get the vaccine because Mm -hmm. of what they were already on. And okay. it was their doctor that advised them. So of that. do we crucify them because of that? You know, no. no. And that's the, and that's what makes not. me very upset is that everybody has these points of views. Well, this is the science, and this is that, and it's just like well, the science for this person is yeah. saying it's dangerous for them to take exactly. the vaccine because of these other life-saving medicines that they're taking. Exactly. So and that's, and that's the considered lack of consideration that I see constantly. That's more frustrating than anything. I mean, mm-hmm. the other thing too is that. Our bodies, if we look at history and how we've adapted and evolved to sicknesses and things that don't, like, you know, chicken pox isn't really a thing anymore, you know, partially because, yeah, we have vaccinations. We have vaccinations that have had, you know, years of uh, research done that have proven to work, but there's still a level of growth between, like, when you get your last shots, do you know, uh, as a kid, like, five? 
Is it I was like, gonna say twelve, but I mean, all right. So say hypothetically twelve, and you yeah. get like your last shots or your yeah. you know your boosters and all this other mm -hmm. stuff. Well, there's a large period of time where you don't get shots, but you still get sick. Yeah. And part of that is that your body has what's called an immune system. Mm -hmm. And your immune system is, if you take care of your diet, you take care of your exercise, you take care of your health, you take care of yourself, your immunity will build up stronger than, I mean, it will build up enough where it can fight anything. Yeah. Technically. I mean, other than like cancer and stuff. I mean, I mean, there's, there's still people that have done holistic approaches and have defeated cancer mm -hmm. way before anybody did it with uh, chemo or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying that it's something to take in consideration of, is that just because the simplicity of, and, and the reason I'm talking about it is because it's such a hot topic right now. Everybody yeah. just angry at everybody else for, you know, the people who aren't vaccinated are angry at the people that yell at them for not being vaccinated, where, you know, the, the, the vaccinated are angry that the other people that aren't vaccinated aren't vaccinated. Yeah. And it's like, can you just fuck off? So honestly, there's talk online about how there's going to be people like going door to door to administer vaccinations. Yeah. And I don't know if that's serious or a joke. Like I genuinely yeah. have no idea if that's actually happening or if people are just talking about it online to like stir up drama. Yeah. Because like you cannot believe there's so much information on the internet now that you can't believe any of it. No. I don't care if you... I don't care if you're looking at like sourced articles and yeah. like I don't care what you're looking at. You can't trust any information that you see no. on the internet. No. Whether it's bipartisan, whether it's from one side or the other, you can't trust any of it. Yeah. Because it, you will be able to find something that directly contradicts the information that you just read. Correct. Yeah, I mean if you want to find the information you're looking for, you will find it. Yeah. It's that simple. You want to find a supporting claim for you, you will find it. If Absolutely. you want to find an argumentative claim, you have to do further, and people always call it research, but they don't really know what that means. Mm -hmm. Research isn't just doing a Google search. Mm -hmm. Research is going into deep files that are actually periodic, um, not periodic, um, what's the uh, word I'm looking for? Um, publish, publishings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, people who have actually done real data research. Yeah, um, like published medical published journals. Published medical journals, there you like, go. Yeah. Yep. That's research, but nobody's going to go through a 100-page outline. Even published medical journals can be outdated. Like they Correct. find, they find new, more um, efficient techniques, and mm -hmm. they or, you know, this published medical journal is a published medical journal, and you find out that, the guy that published it is now in prison for malpractice yeah. or something yeah. like that. Like you yeah. know, you just don't know. Yeah. Well, it's it's that, and, you know, science is always evolving. Like yeah. science has a lot of things right, but it has a lot of things that have constantly changed with time. Mm -hmm. Things aren't always as they say. I mean, think about, just think about this for a different, for a different reason. Let's think about some fruits and vegetables and milk, for example, for mm -hmm. like, you know, for years people were saying cheese and milk's bad for you. Yeah. And then they come back later and say it's good for you. Then good go for your bones, it's got bad. milk. Yeah, that it goes back to the other way around and it's like. And now I don't see anybody, everybody drinks almond milk yeah. or a dairy alternative. Yeah, I mean. And I'm like, what What happened to regular milk? Yeah. And it's all of a sudden so bad for you to drink cow's milk. And I'm like, yeah, I understand the science that like, no, like you're drinking a cow's breast milk. Right. Which I understand is like, a different species than you, so why are you drinking its breast milk? Like, I wouldn't tell my cat to drink, like, my sister's breast milk or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, that might be <laughs> like, interesting. Yeah, it might be weird. You know, like, it's <laughs> cross-species, but it's also... That's true. It's a more. nutrition source. Yeah. You know, so, we'll like... It you vitamins and nutrients that you're right, not getting from other sources. Yeah. Right, just like, you know, eating, eating beef is a nutrition source. Right. Like, the same, like, it could be used the same argument. Like, why are you drinking a cow's breast milk? Yeah. Why are you eating a cow? Yeah. So, but I, I believe that humans were meant to be meat eaters mm -hmm. because we have sharp teeth. Mm -hmm. We evolved by eating meat. Mm -hmm. And I just don't, I don't um, believe in like the veganism mm -hmm. that humans were meant to be vegan. Sure. And that's fine. You know, and again, I'm not on here to persuade anybody about vaccines either. Right. I have my belief. And yeah. if you have a differing belief, educate me more on why you hold that belief yes. and let's have a conversation about yes. it. Yes. And that goes back to even our conversation last episode is you only know what you know. And the only reason you have your opinions and beliefs in the way that you do is because they were formulated from other opinions and beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. You do yeah. get, you do get research done in, in school and stuff and you do learn things. But again, some of those learnings are still opinions. 
Yeah, you and know. two people can be seated next to each other, presented with the same information, and still develop differing opinions. Completely. That's completely true. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. But we just need to be more adaptable to that and understand yeah. it. And stop know, vilifying somebody for having a different opinion. Exactly. Than you. Exactly. You know, and I and again the whole vaccine thing I know is gonna be a while and I don't know why there's this big push, but I pay attention to media and I pay attention to like another thing that I don't think that we do as a people is we don't look back in history. Mm. Right now mm-hmm. it seems like we're trying to eliminate a lot of history and I don't yeah. know why. Because if you have no history, how do you have a future? Yeah. I mean, you you learn lessons from making mistakes. Like if you wanna forget everything that you did, you know, as a kid and all the mistakes you made, then you can do that. But I don't think that looks like a bright future for you because mm-hmm. that's how history repeats itself. Because you learn from your mistakes, right? And, and I think history repeats itself when you yeah. don't understand history to begin, begin itself. Mm-hmm. And again, you made a good point though, yes. If you look at history or your history as an individual, you are in a position where you've made mistakes, you rise up from them, and you become better. Mm-hmm. And that applies in so many ways in society and just being a people and being good to each other yeah and you know the way that we're going right now it's the whole reason we're having this podcast in the first place is because we want that to become vocalized and more well known that like can't be so difficult uh with each other you you were on the same team it's like we're being vilified against each other and you think about like my example with the milk it's like there's many other forms of different and i just use foods and, 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 and uh, drink as you know the catalyst for that but like it's an example of how much power mm-hmm. they have to tell you well, we shouldn't do this and that this is bad mm-hmm. we always we, there's so many people that believe it right off the bat why why don't we ask questions yeah I mean when you were a kid every time usually most of your parents told you something or somebody told you something as an authority a lot of people usually ask questions right yeah you know why am I in trouble yeah or why is why why is that sort of you're sitting in math class? Well, why does this equate to that? You know, or why in you know science class? Why does this periodic t- uh, element do do this? If you don't ask why ever, you're you're going to be a fool for life. You're going to limit yourself. Correct. You're never going to grow, like mentally. Right. So. So yeah, I mean, I think we can leave it at that. I mean, vaccines and ghosting and we were all over the place. we're all over the place but it flows it <laughs> yeah. flows you made some great segues <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you had uh you had some good fortune cookie telling oh uh, yes telling. i'm going to quit my job and become a fortune cookie yeah, writer i see a, I a, see fortune a, cookie writer. a bright career in that for you yes here we go so that's all we got for you guys this week um we will see you again real soon yeah tell your friends bye <laughs>